Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is is a guy that provided us uh, a lot of thrills and chills this year and some spills. Uh, his season's <laughs> over, unfortunately. Uh, Yoshimura Suzuki's James Stewart. James, thank you for doing the uh, Race Rex podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Always enjoy talking. So I'm talking to you, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to me anyway, so I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. But, uh, uh, hey, you showed up at Unadilla. I got to be honest, I never thought – I saw the – I guess it was a tweet on Wednesday or Thursday, something about, you know, James is entered for Unadilla, and I'm like, there is no way he's showing up Unadilla. He didn't come to Southwick, and he, and he hauls ass there. Unadilla is no one's favorite track. It's a long way for your team to go, but uh, to your credit, you were there. And uh, why the decision to race Unadilla? I guess we'll get to that before we start talking about your crash and your injury. Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was more kind of the team's decision, um, I, I didn't. I didn't want to race it. Um, <laughs> even, even. I'm just gonna be honest. Even up until Friday night, I, did, I didn't want to race it. Like it was, uh, you know, you know, to me. Like I don't know what it is. That track has just had my number since mm-hmm. '05. Um, you know, and it's just weird things. Like I fell in '06 going down a straightaway, a flat straightaway, and '07 to make it out of practice, and mm-hmm. just weird stuff. So you know, it wasn't. You know, just. It could be just my attitude going there, but it just wasn't attracting me. So, of course, when um, Mike told me we wanted to go racing Unadilla, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't something on my list, you know, of things that I wanted to do. But, of course, you know, I, um, you know, I followed suit with it. My my original goal was that my original plan was to come back and race Southwick. And, right. you know, when I went out, when I went out at uh, Red but you know, we, we was actually going to go to Southwick. So, with the whole motocross nation thing and just some other, you know, things that happen like within the team thing, I think he just felt like maybe Southwick wasn't the place to go. Mm-hmm. And so we skipped that race. Uh, even though I felt like I was ready for Southwick, we skipped that race and we came back at Unadilla. And, you know, like I said, one was the track and then two was just to come back mm-hmm. after everybody had a break and then let them get back in the forum, racing the hardest track at Southwick and going to Unadilla. You know, I just, I don't like popping in in the series. I mean, you, you know how it is, popping in the series after people race. So, mm-hmm. yep, we end up there, and um, and then we end up back out <laughs> so really <laughs> yeah. quick. So, it was, uh, it was short-lived. It was about, uh, you know, about, it was about six hours worth of uh, time, and then uh, we was back on the couch again. So, yeah. uh, not, too, not too fun. The uh, the first moto crash I missed it I was I, I saw you go by me and then I was watching the motos and you and next thing I know you're on the kicking your bike and someone's like oh he washed the front end out, however having watched the crash uh, today I was uh, up in Canada and I flew back so I didn't get the chance to watch the race today. that was a good crash in the first moto while you were leading, uh, real bummer because it looked like you were feeling it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I actually 
they were right. I just didn't watch the front end, but uh, when I started watching it, I actually gassed it, trying to like pull it back. So mm-hmm. the crash actually looked a lot worse than what it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. You know, of course, that's aftermath hitting a little barrel and whatnot. It sucked, but uh, yeah, I. You know, it was when when I actually when I got back to the truck, the first thing Mike told me was like, "Dude, slow down." <laughs> it was the first thing he told me, like, "No good ride. Hey, you need to slow down." And like, I was actually right. kind of bummed because I didn't I didn't really realize how fast I was going until I actually watched the race on TV, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Damn, I actually was going pretty quick." Because you know, mm-hmm. ever since I kind of switched over to the Zuki, like things kind of happened, then you know, really slow to me. Like it's just. You know, I felt like I was back to where I should have been at, um, you know, before the season. I actually felt like I was better going into Unadilla than I was going into Hangtown. So, you know, I felt really calm and stuff, and everything was good. And just unfortunately, the same thing that called me out at Colorado happened at Unadilla again. So um, I was down on the ground, kicking a motorcycle, and then I couldn't start the thing. And then finally I got back up and dead last and gave my way back up. And I was behind the chiz. And uh, just, you know, fell over in the corner again at, you know, in, in the back over there and then made my way up to mine. So, honestly, to me, although it sucked and I, I threw away, obviously, a race win on that, um, I actually rode really good the first moto. Yeah. Um, I was actually really happy the way I rode. Um, but my ninth place isn't what we need to be at. Yeah, no doubt. It looked, looked like it was going to be your moto uh, coming out. Second moto, uh, third place uh, early in the race, and uh, everything looked to be okay and looked to be cool. You were jumping that little double uh, at the end of the section where you crashed, which was a smooth move and uh, looked to be pretty fast. But shortly after that, uh, that was a big one. uh, Your second moto crash, uh, uh, that's one put you out with a a, a jacked-up finger. Yeah. I saw somebody in the mic's class jump it on, on TV. I saw them jump it in the race before, and actually the tracks started drying out. I was planning on jumping it all day, but the track dried out. So it wasn't that actually the double part that got me. It was before that. It was right. really rutted, um, you know, going into that section. And I framed it somehow over that little, those little rollers. I somehow framed the, the little double in. And when I did that, the thing kicked sideways. And it kicked sideways again. And then I was just trying to hold on from there. And when I went down, um, you know, obviously I, I, I don't know if I put my hand out or whatnot. Anyway, I dislocated my finger. And so I get up, and the my index finger is sitting on my in between my middle finger and the other one. And I, okay, <laughs> we got some issues right here. Yeah. So I called the asterisk dude. Where I just sat down. I told them to put it put it in place right there. Actually, I saw the GoPro video. You can actually hear me screaming on the side of the track. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to tell them to put it in place. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to end up on there. But the second moto was um, it was actually going really good to me. Um, I was going to try a little bit different approach um, and, and then the first mode. I was just going to sit behind those guys. Yep. I felt like, like I said, I felt like I was doing better, uh, better in shape, everything going into this race. And I was in the beginning part of the season. So I was just going to sit there until halfway and uh, just try to go around and then try to win the race. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately I made about seven minutes. And then next thing you know, I, I'm on the mule back to the, um, back to the truck. And uh, unfortunately it was such to say, I wasn't even surprised because I know how Unadilla treats me. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't even surprised. I, I've been on that mule a few, I've won too many times uh, all right. going off that track. So it's just kind of like, you know, I, I can't believe this has happened again. So, yeah, I mean, uh, RC was famous for not liking Unadilla. I think he had, you know, last time on his pants when he was there. Uh, numerous guys I talked to in the pits. Michael Byrne likes it, and we saw that until unfortunately he broke his leg. Burner's about 
about it. Uh, Michael Essie said it was all right. Uh, other than that, guys are like, I want to get out of here. The rocks and the ruts, and especially this year, man, that thing was ruddy. That, that rain just – it was like a slot car track in some places. Yeah, no, it, it was. And, and to say, you know, I actually have been really disappointed on how, like, all the tracks have been this year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like like the, the rules and the way the tracks – the tracks are really narrow. Like, it's really, really narrow. Like, any track I've been through all year, like, it seems like even from 08 and just as the years went on, like, mm-hmm. as the – as you look at Southwick, like the dirt's been washed away and it's like hard packed. Like it seems like the tracks have got smaller and smaller. And, you know, obviously when the rain comes down, it makes it really one line. It's so, you know, when it was at Unadilla, it was only like a couple like good lines, even though it was a bunch of ruts, it was only a few good lines. And I felt like a lot of the, of, a lot of parts of the track was actually kind of dangerous, you know, not, not necessarily the place I crashed at, but you know, mm-hmm. where, um, I think where Burner was sitting at, I really couldn't tell where he was, but where Dungey fell at the first moto, I thought yep. that was really gnarly yep. going in that whole section right there. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, maybe it's been just that long since I raced outdoors and it just <laughs> seems that sketchy uh, to me. But even when I raced Ricky, it just seems like the tracks now are just really narrow and, you know, they, they fixed the wrong part of the racetrack. So yeah. unfortunately, like it, it catches not only me, like luckily for me, I, I dislocated a finger. I'll be back on the motorcycle in a few weeks. Um, but like people like burner, like that, you know, that could be a career ending for him, you know, especially with all the troubles he had. Like there's a lot of people that went down, um, and considering my crash, although, you know, I get the biggest news out of anybody that crashes, like my crash is probably one of the, um, (laughs) I got one of the luckiest people to get out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Les Smith broke his leg also. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there was a few guys. It, it, uh, it's unfortunate. Your um your season's been man it, it it you know coming out of the gate on the Suzuki with very little time on it, you win the first four motos and and provide us with some of the greatest racing I think we've seen in a while. Since then, those stops and starts overall, how frustrated are you? Or, or I mean, we you know Mike like your team manager Mike Webb likes to say, hey, he's just this is kind of a bonus to be out here outdoors. We weren't really planning on it, and you know we're learning on the bike and everything else, but the end of the day you're james stewart and you're expected to uh to win every time you line up and since the crash in lakewood it's been a stop and a start thing so has it been frustrating for you well i would say after lakewood and then going to mount morris and then the red but those were those were really frustrating to me because mm-hmm. i felt like i was i was doing it for the wrong reasons like i was um you know i was actually coming out there to race and and I felt like after I lost 50 points at Lakewood and then, you know, raced and finished fifth and lost those points at Mount Morris and I missed the second motor, the championship was done. Yeah. Uh, you know, so to come back at, you know, Red Butt, maybe not 100% ready. And then, like I said, to race Mount Morris, like those were frustrating because I knew, like, I knew the way I was riding like that, like right. how I was going out there almost handicapped or not 100%. That's how I rode the Supercross season, so, like, that was frustrating to me. Right. Going into Unadilla, like, like although, like, I did break my finger and I'm out, like, that was actually the biggest confidence booster out of any race I had this year, and it's kind of weird to say that, but, mm-hmm. like, I, 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 I had speed there that I haven't had in a long time. Like, even before I went into the, the opening races, like, that, that speed I had there on the track that I hate actually gave me a lot of confidence <laughs> right. because, one, Although I did crash the first moto, like it was, it was just like a weird little deal. I went down and stuff like that. And the second moto was the same thing. But to, to 
how comfortable I was doing it and how easy I felt like I was doing it gave me a lot of confidence going into obviously if I do race the cup I'm healthy for that and then super season it gave me a lot of confidence right. and so um yeah like I said the first few races the first after I got hurt at Colorado there up until Unadilla was definitely frustrating um you know but Unadilla wasn't that frustrating to me I yeah. found something um pretty special there actually it's easy to sit back and say what you would you differently but would you no, now knowing what you did, would you just have gone gone and gotten healthy after Lakewood? Would that should that have maybe been the plan? Did you do any more damage coming back and trying to ride Mount Morris and trying to ride Redbud and all that? Did what did it uh, did it affect it? Well, I don't, I don't. It didn't. I guess like what affects what affects me, and I guess it affects my fans and what affects how people look at me. It looks like I get in and I quit because I'm losing races, which sucks for me because I knew like. One, I shouldn't have been there in the first yeah. place. Like, two, that, that possibly could have happened, and most likely that was going to happen. And so, like, when you're racing, like, when you're racing for free, you're racing just, I, I guess, not for free, but when you're out there racing and there's really nothing on the line, it's hard to, like, go and say, all right, I'm going I'm to ride hurt and I'm going to finish sixth place or fifth right. place or whatnot, when, like, you know ultimately in the back of your head that no matter how many times, no matter how many times, like, you, you're out there hurt or whatnot, Anytime Ryan Dundee beats you, Mike Leslie, Villapoto, Chad Reed, they look at you and they beat you. Like, and you yeah. have the people right. like Roger DeCoster and the, you know, Mike Fisher or whoever in the world that teaches these guys, like, look, you beat that guy so you can beat him over and over. So yeah. people don't understand, like, when you're at this, this level, like, you, you go to race. If you're in the championship, you race to, to salvage the points. If you're out of the championships, you race to go win the race. Like, it's simple right. as that. And you don't let these other guys beat you because it obviously gives you confidence. So when I'm out there racing and I'm hurt and I know I really don't have a chance to win and, like, I feel like it's doing more damage to myself and mentally it's doing more damage to the way those guys look at me, there's no sense of being out there. And so, like I said, when I came up and raced that, you know, those three races, it sucked, you know, and I think the fans looked at it wrong, like, oh, dude, he's quitting. But, yeah. It's not that, you know, but when I raced, you know, Dilla, like I said, there was a different, there was a different feeling in my heart and a different feeling the way I was going the race right. compared to when I was at the first races. So, unfortunately, like it's, you know, it's one of those things, there's a lot of politics involved in the whole situation, but, you know, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, like, would I have changed it? Probably not. It would no. probably been the same situation. Um, it, it's, it's hard because when you go out there and you win the first three races, our first four motos, like I did, um, you know, you always feel like you can go out there and win other ones, and, and, and it didn't happen, so it's all good. Uh, yeah, I was talking to your old mechanic, Mike Williamson, on Saturday morning, and he was like, what do you think? How's Stu going to do? And I'm like, you know what? He, he just needs to come back, get a 2-2, build from there, you know, and then I just want to see him get through two motos and go – and Mike's like, he ain't here if he's going to go 2-2. He doesn't go 2 <laughs> He doesn't go 2-2. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> He's not going to take yeah. a two-two because on your level, on the level you're at, that that's not the mentality. That, that's not what happens. Yeah, but there's a there's a difference. Like like going two-two at at a like I would I would go two-two. Like it wouldn't be no problem. Like and I think like that's the thing. Even like the I'm, I'm watching the race and I'm listening to a new lady talk about how like I said that I was going to go in the race and I'm like. I never even talked to that lady. Like the first time I talked to that lady was sitting on the starting gate. So like how she knows what I told her, what I'm going to go do for the first race. Right, right. And so like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I guess it's kind of like how I am and probably the way like I've always been up my career. But 
that's not necessarily true. Like I, I look at it as like, like if, if I can go two, two, that's cool. That means I only had enough speed to go two, two. But like when I went to Unadilla, I knew I had enough speed to win race. Like it, it wasn't that. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, like what's the difference between me crashing up front and me crashing at third place? Like, yeah, like nothing. Like people look at it the same thing. Like whether I'm, I'm in third place is because I'm trying too hard and I just don't have the speed. I'm slow, whatever. And he's crashing. He's over on. I'm out front winning. He's going too fast. He should just back it down and whatnot. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. it doesn't, if I'm going there, like it doesn't really matter what I finish. Cause right. like people are going to have that same opinion anyway. So I just felt like, um, like I said, going in even deal it, like how I felt going up into the race and how I felt in practice and those first few laps, there's, there's no way I would have went two two. Um, yeah. the way I was around that there, unless I crashed, which I did. Right, so, right. Um, yeah. So normally I go like nine DNF. That's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going well, two, two, I'm going nine DNF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. I know. And that's, and, that, and as soon as Mike said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, I know. Yeah. Um, that's not his deal. That's not his, uh, his, his MO, his speed or his, uh, stamina. How, how is the fitness, uh, off of the bike? Like, um, you know, coming into the year, you're, there was a question coming into the outdoors. It was a question of, "Hey, is he in fit? Is he in shape?" And we saw in Supercross, you know, a lot of times your best lap times were near the end. But then I think something at Freestone when you were after your moto, you were still in your pants and jersey. I think you had your jersey on, but you're in your pants and your boots cheering on your brother after Freestone. And I'm like, "Hey, this guy, this guy, you know, he's in shape. Like he he's he's good." So did you feel like you lost some of that in the in the break, or did you keep it up? Uh, keep up on top of it. I mean, I know it was your hand, so you could still bicycle, I guess, or do something, right? Well, it, I lost it at Red Butt. Like, Red Butt, for sure, like, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, red, I wasn't uh, motorcycle fit, and I actually uh-huh. felt it at Red Butt. Like, um, you know, we, that's when we had that hurricane or whatnot, so I wasn't able to ride, blah, blah, blah. Right. I wasn't ready at Red Butt. At Unandilla, I came off the first moto. I could have talked to the lady, just like I was talking to the gate. Like, I, I right. felt fine, and, uh, you know, like I said, that's where, like, I look at benefits like that. And, you know, like, how is the fitness? And there's always stories within stories. And, like, I, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fitness is there. Obviously, I don't have a hand anymore. It's the, it's the other hand now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And I think, like, it really, you know, when it really comes down to, like, just how my results are. If I'm winning races, then I'm the fittest guy in the world. If I'm finished <laughs> third place, it's yeah. because I'm tired. So, um you know, you just kind of look at it like, you know, whatever. And I, I kind of know what the real reasons are. You know, I kind of knew what happened at Supercross. I knew what happened when I went to Mount Morris. I knew what happened at Red Bus. Right. Like I said, like going into Unadilla, <clears throat> I'll put this on anything. And I even told my dad this. Going into Unadilla, it's, it's been the best I've ever rode a motorcycle, like, period. Like, ever mm-hmm. since I got up on 25, like, the, the two weeks going up into Red Bus was the best I've rode in my life. So, um that's why I felt pretty confident, like going into it. Like, although the track was crafting stuff, like I felt like there would be no way if I was riding the way I did in practice, there'd be no way I would lose that race. Yeah, but going, I into, did. Go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, going into Unadilla, you said Redbud. Going into Unadilla. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Unadilla. Yeah, I'm not um, that. So. Um, it's, what about what about the bike? Where are we at on that thing? You, um, you know, you all you you love the Suzuki. You struggle with the JGR team. You got off of that um, off of that bike. But I've been following you on Twitter. You, I think you've been in. California more than I would think you may want to be. So that indicates that you've been testing. And uh, what do you think about the bike? Where are you at on that? What do you like about it still? And what do you need to work on? Um, you know, I guess like the bike's really good. Um, you know, I, I do feel that, 
you know, I, I, like I said, I do feel at home. Although I had, um, you know, two good crashes or crashes at Unadilla, you know, it doesn't really, um, I, I could kind of put a finger on exactly what happened on each one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've been testing. Um, you know, we've been, I've just been riding a lot. And like, yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is that, yeah, I mean, you know, Steve, I don't really like California. I don't like being out here, but I've been enjoying riding. So, you know, it hasn't been that bad um, right. being out here. So, you know, with that, the bike's good. Um, you know, what I need to work on, I guess, you know, just realizing how fast I actually do go on a motorcycle sometimes uh-huh. and, uh, you know, kind of tone that down, even though, like, even though it happened easy for me, it's still going really fast. And so I found that out this weekend that, I, like I said, I did find some speed that I haven't found in a while. So I'm happy about that and, and just continue on uh, making it happen. So, you know, I guess, you know, I guess just to keep building for Supercross, I haven't, I haven't rode Supercross. Um, tested Supercross on this bike for a while, so you know I guess that'd be the challenge to to find that speed on the Supercross track and get that set up, Cal. Yeah. So the the hand, uh, the right hand is is 100% healed, or you still got issues yeah. with that thing, or you're good there? No, I mean the right hand is it's been it's been healed for a while. Right. Um, okay. Right wrist, um, it's it's been healed for a while. You know, like I said, going into red, but you know it was more it was. You know, wrist, one thing, you know, it was more weakness more than anything else, you know, more than my wrist. It was, you know, the wrist was fine. It's just, you know, not being able to use it for a while, not being able to ride. I was just really weak on the motorcycle, so I was having a hard time holding on. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, with those times off, I wasn't in shape to do that. And like I said, when you're down that far in the points and you're taking those amount of risk and how many times I almost did crash at red butt, yeah. it really didn't make sense. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, I, I felt like, you know, I, I would have been good at South Lake. Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't race that one, and then um, you know, so we're 100 percent healthy on that. Uh, like I said, on my other, my left, my left hand, um, it's, it's I do have an injury. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, none of us not a problem right now, so we're, we're good. Uh, Monster Energy Cup, you mentioned it earlier. What what are you thinking? Where are you leaning? Uh, and I'm sure this will resonate in in the uh, in the Illinois area. But uh, what are you thinking about that play, about that race? Uh, as of right now, it's um, you know as up until Unadilla, we was planning on racing it. Um, there was no, there was no reason not to race it. Uh, it'd be cool to just go out there and race and stuff like that. As of now, I still plan on racing it. It just really depends on how quickly I get back from this injury. So, right. um, you know, luckily, like I said, from talking to the doc, it should be three, four weeks. Um, you know, it wasn't too bad once I got it back in place. It was, nothing was really bad bad in there so hopefully you know three four weeks and then we'll figure it out but um either monster cup or uh and how long uh i'll look for the press release in two days stuart in for monster cup because that's, that's yeah no, that's all, yeah. That's all so they this need is not a, a, i'm just <laughs> fyi this is not an official i'm racing monster cup or the cup or whatnot this is just saying i would like to race it so they, they love they love they love putting those releases out though <laughs> yeah that's how i got it I saw I got in trouble last year. I remember reading it on the internet, like, oh, really? I, I guess I am racing that. And then, yeah. you know, I didn't say anything for like a few months. And then I get, I get crap for not racing it. Like, I'm like, uh, I didn't even have a ride. So what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Barsha was the same way. Barsha didn't, was racing it forever. Unbeknownst to him. Yeah. So, hey, since you're not racing the motocross the nations for America, is there any way we can get you a Canadian passport? What, what do we need to do? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, we, we, I could take my boy uh, Bobby Canari. He's not Canadian, but he's been doing good. Yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. It all, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely the the team, I, the team Puerto Rico thing. 
uh, came up, and then I thought, man, can you imagine like oh, the grief dude, that yeah. the grief that I would get to do that? As long as like, I mean, it just depends who's taking the team. Like, I think Garrett, that's David Bailey's thing, or not David, but Gary, Gary, Gary Bailey's thing. Something. And yeah. the way I, the way I ride, he wouldn't take me because I don't ride correctly. So <laughs> you, uh, you do not use the know, clutch. No wait, you yeah, use, use the clutch a, too much. What do you do? Do you use the clutch too much or yeah. not enough? I can't remember. I think I don't use it enough. Um, okay. I don't use it enough. So, you know, I, so I wouldn't get picked by him because I don't ride the motorcycle correctly. So I don't really, even for Puerto Rico, I, I don't, like, Puerto Rican or American, like, I don't really, I don't really have a shot either way. So uh, it's all good. I, I love those guys that write those articles, and Gary's one of them. Matt Walker's another one. They, they, they're all think, and I, and I like Matt Walker. I like Matt. He's a good guy. But they all think, that their way is the only way to ride a motorcycle. Like, that's it. Everybody yeah. else is, is full of crap. You know, it, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm not fine. Like, and I, I, like I said, I like Matt. Um, yeah. I, I like his favorite saying, like, the, it's a man's track at Southwick. That's a, one of the best quotes I've ever heard yeah. in racing. But the reason, the reason most of them are like that is because they have to be like that. Like, they, they're, they have classes, they are trying to teach young kids that their way is the right way. They can't say, yeah, James' yeah. way is the right way. I, I don't condone with it or, or what he's doing is the right way because people ain't going to go there and go to their school. I like, can't. they have to say, yeah. like, this is the way to do it, blah, 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 blah. And, like, only thing, like, that bothered me with Gary Bailey, um, his whole deal, like, how he, like, kind of blasted me and said I was doing all this stuff wrong. Like, if he really felt like he wanted to help me, like, dude, he knows how to get hold of me. He knows how people, people around me, he, like, Right. I felt like he would have picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, James, you should try to do this, not promote himself and saying what I do wrong and what Dua is doing right or blah, 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 or yeah. vice versa. You know, I felt like that was kind of wrong. But, again, like, it, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I, I guess I'm kind of over it. I'm past that point. But, yeah, I just thought it was funny, um, yeah. you know, how <laughs> how all this stuff is going. And hey, that's, cool. uh, that's living in your world, man. Um, there's not There's not a lot of gray. <laughs> There's black and white. Yeah. Excuse the the, the, <laughs> yeah. the pun there, but you know what I mean. Like it's true. It's, yeah. it's my Twitter blows up when you crash out, uh, t- saying you're a quitter and you suck, and and my Twitter blows up when you win, saying that you're back and you're better than ever. And it's there's no gray area. Kyle Chisholm, a lot of gray, yeah. a lot of gray with Kyle Chisholm. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no gray with James Stewart. You you like him or yeah. you don't, and it's remarkable yeah. how that is. Yep. It's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Listen to these commercials from BTOsports.com. Use the code Steve and JT Racing. Thank you, JT Racing, for coming on board. Listen to these commercials, support the sponsors, and, yeah, then we'll get back to the show. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bicar body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. 
JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. No, and, and like I said, like I've said this from, like, I wouldn't say I said this from day one because it did bother me for a while, but I'll say this now, like, to me, like, it's, you're, you're they're talking about me. So, like, it's either way, like, if you're talking bad or good, like, you're still talking about me. Right. And, like, there's still, like, some kind of, there's there's some kind of media uh, around it. So yep. it's just, like, I always say, it's just, like, the greats, like, LeBron James, people love or hate him. Kobe Bryant, people love or hate him. Tiger Woods, like, you still pay money to watch the guy race. Yeah. You know, no, no matter what. Like, I do flip on the TV when I see LeBron James or Kobe Bryant on TV, just like I would on Tiger Woods. And just, like, maybe some people, some people turn on the TV and see it from the crash. So, to see them you know, fail, either yeah. way, yeah. as long as they're turning on TV, like, I feel like I either way I'm helping. Uh, <laughs> it sucks for people to go there and watch me crash. But either way, I'm helping. So, it is what it is. But, like like I said, Good like, point. the, yeah, the right. daily yeah, the Bailey thing, like that stuff, like when, the only thing that bothered me is when he said he was trying to help me. I'm like, hey, you know how to get hold of me. If you want to help me, pick up my phone, and I'll be glad to listen to you and tell you why I do these things. Don't put it on the interview and then, like, run away from me every time you see me. You can't even look at me, so whatever. Uh, so. Well, and, and knowing Gary Bailey the way I do, uh, he's not shy about jumping in a team's lounge and popping in a, a, a video cassette and, and helping guys out. He did it with Chad. Uh, he's done it with uh, – a few guys, Grant Langston, when I worked at KTM, like he almost kind of latches onto somebody and wants to try to help them, almost to the point of being a little annoying. So he he knows how to do yeah. that. He knows how to help people, and just you know. So you're right. Um, yeah, no, no, good. Whatever it tells right. his books and and you know gets people to his classes. What do whatever. Yeah. Like maybe his way is the right way. So I I'm not gonna say it's either way. Like what I do is the way I do things and the way he does. But like don't don't. Don't yeah. try to sit there and tell me you're trying to help me because that's that's why. Uh, it, don't no, you're not that way. What's his uh, What's his advice for avoiding photographers on the track? I wonder. I wonder what. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I shouldn't pay attention to him anyway. So you know, maybe if I was looking, have my hand on the clutch, I would just pull the clutch in. Ooh, that was ooh close good whatnot. one. Good so, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Hey, we we had you on the Pulp MX show before the season started, and I said that uh, much like your buddy Chad Reed, I felt like you returning to the Nationals. Um, you would find yourself enjoying the little things and enjoying being back uh, like he did, um, enjoying the barbecues and the fans and, and all that and getting a warm reception from the fans who, who, who legitimately probably missed him and missed you while you were gone. Uh, it was only two races, three races, I guess. You were there. You were at Lakewood. But did you, did you sense that? Did you get that? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I got it. Like, I, I felt it this weekend. Like, even when I was in 20th place, like people was just cheering around the racetrack, yeah. and like I said, like I I I feel it. You know, I feel it. I do enjoy like doing it. I I don't enjoy race night in the villa. I'll be the first person to say that, but I I did enjoy racing. Like I I came off the first moto like bum, but with a smile on my face. Like I did enjoy racing that day because mm-hmm. I actually felt like I rode pretty good. So you know, at Red Butter was good. At you know High Point, the same thing. The first few races, it's like yeah, like even though like it's it's been kind of a hit and miss, you know, whole year for me. Like mm-hmm. it's, 
it's something that is benefit me. I, I do get to learn about my team. There's a lot of stuff that I do learn, learn that, that I found some good speed again. Um, so I'm happy about that. There's a lot of positives on this situation. I guess if you just, if you listen to everybody else, there's only negatives. And, um, yeah. you know, but the fans, the fans did welcome me back in better than I thought they would. Um, yeah. and I enjoyed the whole time. So it's been good. Uh, those first four motos of the year, you, you won them all. Um, you got some heat from Ryan Dungey in Texas. How did you feel going back to the glory days of the last time you raced? You went 24-0 on a Cowie. Um, obviously, I think you know, you're battling the mighty Tim Ferry, but somehow you managed to put more time on him than you did on Dunge most of the races. But is it possible to compare yourself, an 08 James Stewart, to a 12 James Stewart on a different bike and, and, and riding outdoors again? Like, is it, Were you near there? Were you close to that? Well, it's hard because there's a difference. I've... I feel like, unfortunately, like I haven't. I, the first four races, I, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, at Unadilla, the first moto, the first few laps, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, like, it's hard to say, like, whether that guy was better or whatnot. It's like, I actually felt in condition wise, I was better this year than I was in 08. Yep. 08, I won every single race. So it's kind of hard to say, like, there's, you know, in 08, like I, I it, it was a point where I got bored, and so I was just trying to win races by like 30, 40 seconds. Like, so right. this, 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 this year, I was really kind of just testing, and, and I wouldn't say testing, but I was only trying to win the race. That's it. Like, I was just trying to win yeah. the race. So, yeah. I guess there's a different sense of going to the mentality, going to the gate, even at, you know, like, a you know, like there was something I was trying to accomplish there. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. but I did accomplish something. So, I guess, like, it's, it's like I said, it's kind of hard to say. What what not? I feel like overall I'm a better and smarter rider now uh, than I was in 08. Uh, in 08, like I said, I was I was racing uh, Tim Ferry, Michael Esty, and you know Michael Byrne, a bunch of your guys, and then now I'm racing you know Chattery, Ryan Dungey, Dual Pot, and all that stuff. So you have to you have to race certain races different ways. And I felt like in Supercross I didn't do that. Uh, you know I felt like in Supercross I was lost. Uh, I was to a point where. I felt like going into the season, um, you know, it was kind of a, it, it, I, I kind of didn't, I, I kind of knew in the back of my head what was going on, but I was still hoping <laughs> for something better. It right. didn't happen. Uh, you know, right. so I think the whole Supercross season was like being in a toilet bowl, a clogged up toilet, just not going nowhere. And I felt like an outdoors, like I felt more back to, you know, I, yeah. I had a game plan. I can kind of execute things the way I wanted to. And unfortunately, it ended a lot quicker than I thought it would, but still, it's something that it is a very good positive. And, and like I said, that's why I can sit here and do this interview and almost be happy about doing it because I, I still feel like the, I, I have a lot left and I, yeah. I haven't shown it yet. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it felt like, and, and no disrespect to Ryan, uh, it felt like you had more in the tank, at least for sure Hangtown, where you know, you're know you known for some incredible speed and some you know scrubbing and some real – Real uh, neat and, and and inventive lines out there, but man, at Hangtown it looked like you were—I I don't know—maybe maybe more Ryan Dungey, like where you're just putting in the solid motos, you're not getting out of shape, you're not doing anything crazy balls, you're just holding back a little bit. And to me, that was the biggest indicator of like, oh, this guy's could this guy could be back because I know he had more in the tank. Yeah, and and it could be like I'm not I'm not going to sit here and disrespect Ryan because he he kept me honest. Yeah, every race like it was it was tough race like 
like, yeah, like, could he throw down a faster ladder? Like, of course I could, but he probably could have too. So, right, right. you know, it's kind of hard. And, and again, like, honestly, like, I, you know, the races that I actually race, Hangtown, Unadilla, I'm not, Hangtown, Unadilla, and, and Texas, like, there hasn't really been any freaky moments, even at Texas, or even at Colorado, like, like, I hit the ground, like, that was like, dude, like, where did that come from? Same thing at, you know, deal, like, I'm out front gone, and you're like, dude, where did that come from? Right. You know, I'm in third place riding around, you're like, where did that come from? So even still, like, now, when I was, you know, a couple of years ago, even in the Supercross, there was mistakes everywhere. Like, dude, I cannot keep the thing going upright or whatnot. Right, and right. There, was, there was a bunch of reasons. And again, like I said, I'm not saying it's a motorcycle. It's, I think it was a little bit of both. Me, motorcycle, just situation I was in. I feel like now, like, there's a, um, you know, when I go racing, I feel like I, I can go there and execute the race the way it needs to be done, even win second, third place. But I do feel like I go there with a chance of I, sh- I should win this thing if things go right. If not, you know, oh, well. But like like I said, so I, I think, um, yep. yeah, the first three races went went good. I, I definitely, I did have more speed, but like I said, I believe he did too. Right. And, um, you know, I just ended up winning them. That was it. Um, yeah, yeah, good point. You're right. You probably both could have stepped it up, um, you know, at, at different points. Do you, what about your, you know, some of your critics, some of your critics say that, uh, these crashes are all catching up to you and you're, you're hitting the ground more and more. And, and you were, at least in Supercross on the JGR bike, there was no doubt that that was, uh, you know, you, you've had the, the reputation of checkers or wreckers, but 90% of the time or 94% of the time it was checkers, which is a pretty good damn, uh, uh winning percentage. The critics are saying your crashes are adding up. They're more and more, uh, and he's 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 not as invincible as he once was. What do you say to that? Are you as confident as ever? Do you feel like there, there's no issues with that, and you're the same rider that you were five years ago, let's say? No, I'm not the same rider, and the critics are probably right because <laughs> as you, you're it's 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 inedible. Like you you as you get older, you have to win races different ways like right. as simple as that like nobody Kobe Bryant is not as good as he was back in 2000 you know it's just this right. is the way it is like I, I believe like like I'm a smarter rider now even like I said Supercross I didn't have a chance like there was there was no chance like I I felt like even going into the races I never have a chance even though I was telling myself there was it, it wasn't and, and it sucks because I liked the guys at JGR like I you know yeah. I like those guys I liked the guys at Yamaha but it came to a point where you know, it's like me going to Unadilla. Like, I just feel like something bad is going to happen. So if you feel like that, it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, and then obviously in the first four motos of the year, like, people wouldn't say that. Like, I'm like, they, they wouldn't go like, dude, he's back, blah, blah, blah. He, he will win this thing. And even when I was racing at, um, you know, the the, uh, the, Mount, the Mount Morris and Red Bull races, like, you could obviously see something wasn't right. And then I get to Unadilla and I go down and it's like I crash every race I'm done, blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. I guess people just need to make up their mind which way it needs to be. <laughs> like, I <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm with you. Like, dude, yeah, I, I did crash more this year than I ever have. Um, you know, I, but to answer on the side of that thing, I feel like I'm, I'm as better or better now on this motorcycle in the last few weeks than I ever have been. Right. So it's kind of like hard to say, like, we'll find out next year. Um, either I'll win the Supergrass Championship or I won't. Right. as simple as that you know to me like what i don't understand is like it's almost like i like i have people's money 
Like, <laughs> like the anger, like, for real. Like the anger people have at me, and that the like the things they say to me. It's like, like when I crash, they can't pay their house. Pay. Like it's that bad. Like it's like I'm taking money out of your pocket, and like I don't get it. Like I, I, I like really don't get it. Like yeah, I crashed. That's a James Stewart song. It's not mine. You go to work on Monday. Or you go do what you got to do on Monday. Like, I'm the one with a broken finger or whatnot. So it's like, I don't get it. Like, it's like people attach to me and attack me or praise me either for good or bad, right. maybe too much or not enough or whatnot. But I kind of think it's funny because people hit me up on Twitter and be like, dude, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. like, what? Like, for real, it's like, did I, like, cause you to lose your house today like <laughs> did you lose your house because of me and if you did like i, I i'm sorry why you're mad <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I'm, like what the, what's the deal guy <laughs> so it's all good it, it's incredible because i get it i'm a media guy and i have twelve thousand followers they're almost 13 and uh you have god knows i don't know how many uh and i get it i get people saying you know you're a piece of shit you should be out of the sport and i'm just like wow Gee whiz! Uh, I can imagine what James Stewart's Twitter has on it, like the the, the and I mean all the guys really, you know. Um, Chad gets it too, probably, but it, it's incredible what some people feel compelled to write. the The way they're living their lives, I guess, is just miserable. They're, they're just not happy with their lives or something, you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't well, know. And then, I think they're bored, and like I, if they're passionate about it, that's fine. That's fine, but like people take it over their mind like a lot. And but I also think the difference is now compared to back in the day, like people like people can speak and, and have an impact without without being seen. Like it's almost like yeah. you can pay somebody to hurt somebody else, but you'll never be like it's like you almost live in the fantasy world on Twitter. Like so you could say all this stuff without being having a consequence consequence for doing it. Like yeah. nobody'll know who that is. Like you know, it could be Larry Brooks on there. It could be me on there <laughs> ripping this guy or whatnot. Then, like, you would never know. Like, right, you would never right, know. And right. so it's like, you know, I think people get bolder. It's like almost like being, <clears throat> Twitter is always say it's like being drunk. <laughs> like, you can say whatever you feel like saying, yeah. but not any consequences, not to hang over later on. So yeah. it's like, okay. Like, so a lot of the stuff, you just kind of take it or whatnot. Uh, it, so. I mean, do you read it? Do you read it all, or do you do you not? You can't keep up with all the tweets you get in a day. Like, you, how often do you read it? How how much do you do? Well, it just depends what I say. If I say something funny, then I read it. But if I say something kind of like borderline, like I just wait a few hours. So you know, I I I do care about my fans, so I kind of care what's going on. I I've yeah. learned to know like that some of this stuff it just doesn't make sense. A lot of these stuff is like little kids and. Uh, bitter old people and some of these people don't have a life so you know what's not like i the funniest thing to me is like i like i like how people call me a pussy like (laughs) they're like uh, a pussy from not like not racing or doing this like i had a guy today call me like dude stuff you know sorry for my language yeah yeah, but he's like you have some stuff you know like and i'm like dude you see my hands ah you know like it's like no big deal like yeah it's like i i superimpose my hand like that surgery was fake. Like everything was fake. Like I should be racing yeah. uh, next week. That wasn't, and maybe I should, but uh, I'm not. So it's cool. One time in uh, in Toronto, m- myself and JT were grabbing a, a a pizza before the for the night show, and some fan saw us and recognized us and, and said that you're a pussy. James Stewart is a pussy. And JT, <laughs> you know, who's Reed's guy, he's Chad Reed's guy. Let's face it. JT goes, I promise you, sir. You may think he's a lot of things. 
but James Stewart is not a pussy. I promise you. And this guy's going yeah. on and on about you not racing or whatever. And, and JT's like, well, you may not like him, sir, but I promise you he is gnarly and he is not a pussy. <laughs> yeah, no, and I appreciate and tell Jason, I'm sorry for jumping on him at, uh, at yeah, this might have been before. This yeah, this might have been before the jump. Yeah, I was going to say, is that before or after the jump? Yeah, <laughs> it was before the jumping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even even then, he still wouldn't call me a pussy because it took some balls to hit that jump. Right. Even though, so it, it still get up. But yeah, you know, I, I think I think as riders, like everybody knows, like dude, it sucks, and and, and you're never healthy or whatnot. So yeah. yeah, maybe some guys are tougher than others, but still. It's, Dude, I I would I would never call anybody pussy. Like even like when I finish racing, like I would, I would. The one thing I don't want to be is one of those people who finish racing and be bitter at everybody else because I didn't accomplish enough. Yeah, there's a bunch of them out there that they know who they are. No point names and stuff, but I just feel like as a sport, like the people who actually run the sport can't be beaten down. The people who've actually grown the sport and like like I said, it's not me. Like I'm like whether you're talking about me, it doesn't like I said it doesn't really affect me, but. Yeah it affects some kid that says some kids' parents that are reading and stuff on the internet. So I don't want my kid involved in this stuff or whatnot. So, yeah. you know, sponsors and all this stuff. And it's just, it's almost kind of sad at the point. So, um, Hey, how's the, how's the relationship with JGR guys? Obviously, uh, some hard feelings there for on their end. And, and, you know, Coy's a good guy. J bone's a good guy. All those guys are good. Has there been, have you given the, the head nod to each other at some point, or is it still, the wound is still fresh? Well, I, I, from day one, like, ever since I left, like, the mechanics, I, I got along with mechanics and, and Spencer and a couple of guys, you know, everybody's so cool. But yeah. I, I think at first, you know, when I went out one of the first four races, there was definitely a lot of uh, <laughs> definitely a lot of animosity. But I think after the last few months, I think they like me again now. So yeah, maybe. I think I'm part of, <laughs> I'm part of the family again. So uh, it's all good. Like, I don't, I don't have any animosity. But still, you know, it's like, Watching your girlfriend go yeah. and be with another guy and have success at first, you know, it just seems so. It's just, um, yeah, no, it's just know, business. It, 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 yeah, it's business. It, 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 yeah. Um, they never, they so, did, they did like to point out that Davey got second at uh, at Hangtown in the first moto. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I would, I would, no, I got the text. I would have won that first moto without a Yamaha or on their team or right, uh, right. a CW50. Like I would have won that first moto either way, and maybe I would have. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Hey, how's how's Mike Webb, team manager Mike Webb? Um, he's certainly done a lot in the sport. He's been around a long time. And uh, we'll talk about working with Webb and, and even Leroy, too, your mechanic, Lee McCollum, who has been around uh, the trenches forever. Um, how are those two guys to work with and everybody on the Suzuki team? It's different. It's different. They're, they're very honest. They're very <laughs> honest people. And uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, the, the the weirdest thing to me, like I, I came in at um uh like I said, I came in the first moto at Unadilla. Like I actually thought I, I kinda of forgot about everything that happened, like the first the first lap or, or first three laps. I'm like, Yeah, I crashed, but I real good. Like right. was thinking of positive guys and the first thing Mike says and he's like, Do you need to slow down? Like that was your race to win, you do that race. And it kinda of like it kinda of like shocked me because uh like I haven't I haven't had like anybody talk to me like for a while like that. Even right. even when I was on Cali, like it wasn't really no only last person that talked to me like that was probably the guy that got fired from Cali, um, Mark Johnson. Yeah. He was probably like the last guy to talk to me like that. So 
it was kind of like a shock, and it was almost like a wake-up call. Like, dude, I love this guy. Like, this guy's awesome. And Leroy, he's, like, the same way. Like, he's, you know, he's, like, honest and stuff. So, to me, I love the team. Like, I, I love everything about it because they, they give you praise when you do something good, and they let you know when you did something wrong. And then I think, like, as far as a team and people who's not really afraid of you or, or don't look at you like a superstar or afraid to upset you, like, that, mm-hmm. that I, I think is awesome. So, I like the guy. Um, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good to hear a bunch of good guys over there, and they've been there and seen it too. They've done, they've done it. You know, I mean, Leroy, Leroy's been there and <laughs> worked for a lot of guys in that time. So, um, yeah, no, and and this is this is Leroy. So their first practice, I think I was almost three seconds faster, mm-hmm. and like I'm doing my laps, and I'm like, he puts like one twenty four, two twenty four on the board, and I'm no like he won, no nothing, yeah, just yeah. two twenty four. <laughs> And I go around, and I'm like, I pull in a pit. So I'm like, Leroy, like, how are we? And he's like, he's like, why are you like three seconds faster than everybody else? Like, like no yeah, yeah. smile, right, like right, nothing. Right. Like, like I could have been 10th place, yeah. and like there would have been no difference. And he did it to me at Texas, too. And I'm like, I'm almost freaking out because I'm like, dude, I'm, yeah, where am I? I'm not fastest right now. Like, dude, there, I, there's no chance of winning today. Like, there's no chance. Yeah. I'm like on the edge. I can't go no faster. He's like, oh, you're two and a half seconds faster. You're on good. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you got to like let me know something. Like, I like the, I like the cold shoulder. Like, it's all about business, but yeah. you got to give a dog a bone or something. Like, P1, like, you're doing good. Right. So, it's, it's kind of funny. He, like you said, and the cool part, he lives right down the street from me. Uh, but it's, <laughs> He's a good guy. Cool. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm gonna keep. If I see 224, I know for I'm gonna just keep pushing it until until, yeah. until you tell me and something. Then, and, then, <laughs> and then I'll figure like it's not my fault that if I go down because right. you got not giving me the signals that I need to to do my job. Like I I'm lost out here, so <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um. How long are you in uh, Cali for right now until you go back home? Uh, I'll probably go back in the next couple of days. I was. I gotta let the swelling uh, go down a little bit uh, before mm-hmm. I hop on the airplane. So it's all good. I gotta get some stitches, pull out this deal and whatnot. So I'm out here for a few days and I go back. Uh, how's Mookie? Mookie season to me has been uh, up and down. When he's when he when he's good, he's good. He puts it together with a couple of solid finishes. Uh, but then there's a lot of weekends where it's not good. Um, definitely shown speed. But what do you take on on your brother uh, Malcolm's season so far? Well. I, I, I'm with you. Like I, I felt like, I almost felt like he did better last year uh, to me, which is is kind of weird because I know I know he's doing a good motorcycle. And I know his team is better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's, I think there's a lot of good guys out there um, for one, and I think for him, I think with all the bike troubles and all that stuff, it's kind of maybe rattled him a little bit. Right. The last few weekends, he actually doing <clears throat> doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. The weirdest thing with me with Malcolm, he does good. In places he shouldn't be good. Like, <laughs> like I, I feel like at Colorado, like there's no way he should be good. I see him at the house and he struggles because he's so big and he does good. Right. At Southwick, I figured he would do good because he's on the sand uh, and he did good. Like at Redbud and uh, <clears throat> Redbud and and Bud's Creek, I'm like, oh, Malcolm's gonna kill it. Yeah. And then he like didn't even finish the motos on <laughs> some of them, and I'm like, and then he does good at. Uh, you know, last week at Unadilla, um, the first, I think he was like six. I don't know where he ended up, but no, I actually got ninth. He fell. So he ended up ninth. So yeah, I think his season kind of, um, I think it's kind of up and down, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's riding really good. He's, he's fast. I, you know, I really couldn't put, I couldn't put the nail on the head of exactly what's going on with him. So yeah. Um, yeah. I feel, I feel like, I do feel like he was better last year, but then 
you know, Nathan Ramsey's a good guy, runs a good program. That team is is top notch. I mean, he had bike problems. KTM itself, I think, is a good bike. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. They're getting some help from the <laughs> factory guys, but he was almost yeah better on a privateer ish Suzuki last year. I don't know, weird. Yeah, no, weird for sure. But you know, he's he's still good. He's out here now. He actually came out here with me uh, for the surgery, and I think he had a, a Bell photo shoot. So you know, he's doing good. Right. He's doing good. He's um. You know, he's putting the work in. I just, like I said, I think it's yep. really, you know, I think the the couple DNFs. And it's hard to get momentum when you're, you know, you're in half the race and you're out and then you yep. DNF the other one, you finish sixth and one, then you DNF the next one. It's hard to keep momentum going. So, yep. you know, I think it's part of that. I, You know, like I said, I think he did better last year. I, I think he's faster this year, but I think he did better last year and only because he finished more races last year. Yep. So, um, What's your take on the uh, 250 class? It's been insane outdoors. Uh, four guys going at it. Uh, Tomac, they've all shown incredible speed at different times, and now Musk, Musk, Muskan wins the first race uh, 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 on the weekend. But uh, what, what's your take on that? On that whole deal? The the two PDF class is ridiculous. Yeah, those guys show speed that I, I I mean, honestly, I might have never even seen. Like it is, it's weird that, like I said, how one weekend Baggett's killing the guys, yeah, next weekend. Uh, you know, Barsha's doing really good. And then the next weekend, Tomax is, is killing the, the The two people who have, like, the, the the weirder speed differences, like, as far as who can be one weekend pretty good and the next weekend really fast is Tomac and Bar- uh, Baggett. Yeah. Like, those are the two ones that really can separate themselves. Barsha's been, to me, kind of the same all year. Right. He's been really good all year. Nothing like where he's been, like, almost like he's just way faster than everybody else. Rockson's kind of been... He was really good in the beginning part of the season. It's kind of like, I wouldn't say up and down, but, you know, he's been kind of the same. Musquins, Musquin, Musquin, whatnot. Um, <laughs> you know, he's been kind of the, the same, although he did good last, last weekend. Yeah. The, the two KTM guys were definitely uh, doing really good. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I watch them, and it's cool now with on fuel. You can watch, uh, when they do race first, you can watch their first moto. So right. I watch lines on TV of what Baggett or Tomac doing and stuff like that. But it definitely seems like, those guys do different stuff than any anybody racing, like period. Yeah. Like even better than Ryan, better than myself. Like they find different lines where their lines are really open. Um, you know, they, they, they're really smooth around the racetrack. They're they're hopping around like Tomac was like poetry in motion. And I know how hard that track was even for our moto and yeah. I knew how hard it was for his second moto. Like it was just it was really cool to watch him ride ride a motorcycle. Like one of the best best I've ever seen from my ride. So for sure, those guys are doing really good, and uh, it's, it's been it's been cool to watch. Uh, yeah, Tomax, Tomac, like you said, he's hot and cold, but when he's on, I feel like Tomac's grown about eight inches since he last year. Like he's a big guy now. Yeah, you know he. You know, I, 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 I he is huge. He is huge. The only thing that I'm trying to hope and all like that he just didn't grow that much is that he took that Liat brace off, and yeah. it just makes him look taller. Yeah. Maybe, now. yeah. Yeah, because the guy looks like he is not even the same guy. Like, there's no way that that kid grew that much overnight. Like, it looks like Barry Bonds, 2000, <laughs> Barry Bonds, like now. Like, his head, his whole body just moved, yeah. like, overnight. Yeah. But he, and, and I thought, like, for sure, like, how big he looks, I thought he would struggle with power on the 2 but mm-hmm. he doesn't. Like, yep. he he makes it work. He makes it, he makes it, good. he makes it work for him, so, um but you're right, he did grow. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, the guys with the Leots and the chess pros can never look good. It's impossible for them to look good on the track. I mean, I, I, God bless them. They're protecting themselves to the max. But they, 
it's tough to tell how they ride or how they look good or, or that. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate yeah. that way. Because <laughs> even even Dungy looks different this year without it off. Yeah, uh, with, with yeah. it on. You know, with it off. So you know, even like the way he rides, he looks like he's a little bit more hunchback than he was before. And I think obviously the things make him look, you know, sit up a little bit taller. But you know, I think it takes away from the neck. So yeah, it's, you're right. It, it definitely is uh, you know, different. But the more protection, you know, we probably all should wear more. Um, but we don't. So. You don't. <laughs> More protection, good for us. Uh, yeah, always. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Uh, um, I, I got to admit, I'm surprised that uh, you do this. You, you, you have a history of saying that when you're not racing, you have nothing to talk about, and you're, you're, you're back <laughs> pounding laps or doing whatever in, in uh, Florida. So I'm pumped that you uh, wanted to talk about your season. Uh, it didn't go the way that you or I or a lot of people thought it would, but I think it was still pretty cool to have you back out outdoors. And, um um, yeah, the, 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 unfortunately, like I said, it's come to an end. But it was fun yeah. while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it definitely was. Um, you know, for sure, I think, uh, obviously, Supercross didn't go away. And then outdoors, yeah. um, I made a lot of improvements and didn't go away. But I think out of all the four, four or five riders out there, I don't think you can go to anybody and say that their season didn't go the way they wanted because Good everybody's point. in hurt. Dungy, yeah. besides winning the championship in Villapoto, like, I guarantee they their season didn't go the way they wanted to. Uh, and then me and Reed, you know, our season can go away, and obviously we trade, you know. So yeah, I think it's it's, it's one of those years that just things can happen. So hopefully, 2013 will be better, and then uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I know for sure I'll, I'll be ready. So for sure, like just let you know, like you can follow me on Twitter and probably my website, but you probably won't hear much more from me until I come back racing. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's August twenty first. Yeah, you, you know yeah, no, I know you're back uh, in your gopher hole. Me and Wygant. Me and Wygant like to joke about the gopher hole. You're back in it. That's it. You're not coming I up. I like. I, I just don't have nothing to say. So, know. You know, until I have something else, pop up. So. Um, <laughs> hey, one more, one more question. Actually, uh, I was talking to one of the guys, uh, one of the high up guys uh, in the sport of Supercross, and there was big meetings recently at Feld to talk about the tracks, the series, everything about safety and and what they can do to prevent these injuries. I mean, let's face it. I'm sure their tickets, ticket sales even suffered. You know, everybody was hurt. And uh, uh, I, I, I express my opinion that it's just one of those years, and I don't know if you can point to any one thing. I mean, obviously, maybe you can point to the, to the, to the four strokes, uh, but that was a long time ago, and yeah. that, that thing is done. So in your opinion, is there anything? I mean, do we just, did we just have one of those years? I mean, 20, 2011 was incredible. Yeah, no, I, I think, like, one – it's been one of those years, but two, I, I think you got people running the, the thing who don't race, you know, and I think that's the hardest part. Like if you don't race, you don't know like what a good track is and bad track. You don't know what dangerous, what not besides what you see on TV. So mm-hmm. I think in supercars, I think people have to do too much because the tracks suck. They, they just do like they're really one lined it. They're kind of, they always turn back on themselves and all that stuff. The outdoor season, like I said, I think it's pretty narrow. But, yep. you know, it's easy to say that when you're hurt. And like I said, I, I felt like, you know, I would have, I, I said this all, you know, all year long, but it's kind of hard to, once those track maps come out, like it's like they're not changing, like this is the way it is. I think, number one, they need to change the tracks. And number two, like they just need to have more consistent things. Like, yeah, the four stroke, yeah, they're, they're big motorcycles, but, Honestly, like I don't, I don't really think it's the motorcycles that again people hurt. I just think like one, the pace has gone up, mm-hmm. and there's so many guys. Like I mean, you have to do so much to even make it for a main event. And I think to even win a race, like, you got to be 
six guys, you know, five, six guys that actually can win that same race. So I think you have to take those chances and there's more people to beat. So obviously, you know, the speed's gone up, so people get hurt on that. But I think the racing is suffered this year is one because I, I think the tracks are horrible. Like I and like I said, I think they need a like I it's kinda hard to put fingers on it. Like like I feel like you put two wheel bears out there, the same guys are still gonna be up yeah, front, you know, up front yeah. trying to do it. So yeah, I, I just think you need to have I, Honestly, I think you listen to the riders a little bit more. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the fans come there to either watch people crash or watch their favorite riders win the race. But they're still coming. They're not going to come watch me win the race by myself or do a photo or dungeon. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just not going to do that. So the only way to do that is keep the people in the series. And you really need to just ask the riders, like, you know, what do they feel safe? You know, what do they feel like safe? Like maybe the on-offs are unsafe for certain people, maybe right. the whoops are too big for certain people and just kind of found a happy medium. But, you know, I know some weeks you go to races and the whoops and King Bongas, um, you know, and you got 80 people crashing them and then you got the whoops and the mini whoops and then you got a huge rhythm section over here. So I, I think they just need to be more consistent. And like I said, the same guys are always going to be up there. And at the end of the day, you're just trying to sell tickets. And that's all. Right. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, hey, um, yeah, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Um, good luck with the recovery and uh, the btosports.com RacerX podcast show with James Stewart is done for the year, probably. <laughs> We're done. We're, it's a wrap. Uh, yeah, it's done It's done for a couple months for sure. So right. I appreciate it, Steve. I always enjoy it, and uh, I'll talk to you sometime. All right. So thanks. Thanks, James. All right. No worries. Bye. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.